This is DZFE's Maestro Filipino, a focus for music with a connection to home. For this edition, I'm Daniel. Ask any of our young professional classical musicians, and chances are they've performed with pianist Ding Dong Fiel. Especially since the start of the pandemic, especially under the auspices of the Manila Pianos Artist Series, Fiel has been indefatigable not only as a collaborator, but also as something of a mentor. Time and time again, musicians have expressed their appreciation for his advice, born of years of prolific performance. Fortunately, it will be a while yet before we see the last of Ding Dongfiel, the collaborating pianist, but this year, he also steps into the limelight for his own series of solo recitals. Of course, partnering with Manila Piano's artist series, Fiel performs every month, highlighting both regulars of the repertoire and rarely recorded works. The first program happened last January. Shortly after that, Fiel joined us in an online interview, despite still being sore after playing Sergei Rachmaninov and Nikolai Metna, to talk about the origins of this new series, some of his achievements from last year, and more. We also hear one of his own compositions, but first, here is Varum from the Fantasy Stöcke. Opus 61 of Sergei Bortkevich in the hands of Ding Dong Fiel. Before this year, you've been an incredibly prolific collaborator. You've reached quite a few milestones in 2022. So tell us about what your 2022 was like, a general shape of it, and maybe what are some of the achievements you would say stand out more? Return to conducting, doing piano solos, and most of the performances were actually last-minute performances also. You know, like a, a pianist backed out. The performance I did with the uh, Little Singers from Paris, 
last uh, was it December? December. First week of December. Yeah, first week of December. A pianist backed out because they haven't decided on the program yet. So the pianist backed out like three days, four days before. They were looking for a pianist, and you know it's a good opportunity to collaborate with them. So I just said yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was the last minute replacement for Gian Marquez. So Pablo Tarimon got me to basically sight read the score on stage. I love it. I love it, man. It's like skydiving or bungee <laughs> jumping. You know, it's I always look for it. There was a demand for collaborative pianists before. That's mm-hmm. why I chose to do collaborative work. There was a demand when I got back from Germany. You were everywhere performing with everyone, and uh, there's a reason behind that. Uh, can you tell us why you were such a prolific collaborator the past couple of years? People say that they learn from me, but I'm actually the one who's learning a lot from them. I grew so much because of collaborating with amazing artists. And of course, interestingly, you said there was a demand for it, and uh, you just dove right in. Right. Yeah. When I got back from Germany, I was so busy with uh, doing piano solos, and my professor before. Here in the Philippines, the late dean Erlinda Fula was the former dean at USD. She wanted me to focus on solo piano. But two, three years after I got back, I really saw a demand for it. A professor from USD asked me, like, you know, Ding Dong, when you got back from Germany, you were like all solo here, solo there. So what happened? You're like doing purely collaborations. I told him, you know, sir, I do solo sometimes. But I love doing collaborations. They must tell me, yeah, but you know, when collaborations, which is sadly what some people think that you're playing second mm-hmm. fiddle, which is really actually harder because you have to always think about the other person mm-hmm. that you're playing with. Well, with doing solo, you're like totally free. Although it's very rare that I collaborate with someone who's yeah, not yeah. open-minded. A lot of Filipinos, I usually collaborate with Filipinos, but very open-minded. Yeah. But you have to be you know, objective and try to convince them. <laughs> of course, there's not one way of doing it. You did say that you enjoy collaborating, and I will say that people have mentioned directly that they also enjoy collaborating with you. So uh-huh. the UST professor's question was that, a spark for this year's oh, yeah. performance. Like, uh, I was thinking I actually miss playing solo piano. <laughs> During my time, there were not a lot of pianists who wanted to do it. They were mm. either busy with teaching or doing solo or the uh, good collaborative pianists didn't have enough time to do it. But now there's actually a lot of uh, good pianists around. So, And now, of course, launching into the new year, you already have a full year's worth uh, of composers to perform. So why did you decide and uh, what made you see that it was time for a series of solo performances. To have 12 solo piano concerts in a year is saying new pieces that I've yet to perform in front of an audience. I want to do works that are relatively underplayed to show that we Filipinos can do this too. Music making, you know, like all good things, it's like maturing wine. It needs time, it needs space. Actually, how I viewed music 20 years ago is totally different from how I look at music now. After learning and growing so much, having had the wonderful opportunity to collaborate with amazing artists in the past two decades, it has indeed changed. Well, for the better, I hope. Now, at this point in my life, I have realized that I don't want or really need to impress or entertain. People know that these are great pieces of music and it can take care of itself. All I have to do is, you know, not ruin it. Also, the acoustics at Milo Piano is just amazing and it's not a very big venue. So you are very near to the audience where you can give a very intimate encounter. Metner made me realize this. He wrote his treaties with the help of Rafael. That's why I paired them both together. 
because during that time in Paris, he was like considered an old fart, you know, like he was very traditional. And this was like in between the wars, the time of Schoenberg, Stravinsky, this forward thinking people to break the rules. And here he was, you know, trying to follow everything. So that's why he wrote his treatise, The Fashion of the Muse. Basically, he said there that music is not supposed to shock or to entertain, but basically it's to contain the thoughts of the audiences. That's why I chose, you know, not to impress. Pianist Ding Dongfiel performing his own composition, Controlled Chaos. We are talking about Fiel's year-long recital series. Here is the rest of our interview. At what point did you decide that it was time for a series of solo performances? Just late November, first week of December. Mm. I asked Sir Richard about it, if it has been done in the Philippines, and why not do it? This will be my first time to render all these pieces for a live audience. I've actually studied most of them at the start of the pandemic. A lot of us interpreters and listeners tend to look at the top, just like in architecture, where we focus on the top. You know, but my German mentor used to remind me that the foundation is as important, sometimes even more. You know, a lot of beautiful things needs to be discovered by the interpreter and by the listener alike. For me, the beauty of doing music performances is not just stating the obvious, but by also revealing things that are not. Doing one composer per concert will focus on the composer's great works and his greatness, like Bach or Mozart or Haydn, who are not appreciated enough. Pianists usually actually put them at the beginning of the program, where latecomers are not at the performance yet, or nobody's listening like appetizers, really. Exactly, yeah. Or the pianists have not even warmed up enough. And people say it's nice music, and now we get to the exciting music of uh, Prokofiev, Shostakovich. So we are doing composers like Bach a uh, great disservice to play him as warm-up music. <laughs> 
actually not just bands do this, but you know, string players or orchestras do it all the time too. What's beautiful with music making is you reveal everything, your thoughts and your feelings. You know, with good thoughts, we convey positivity, peace, and love to the audience. Maybe a weary soul wanting a brief escape from the harshness of reality. You know, it is a privilege to say beautiful works to them and try to help them escape even for a very short period of time. What you said about the foundations, uh, I think that's incredibly important, especially for your context, because when people see you, they see the chill Ding Dong who's game for anything, and he's really fun dancing before the concert. People, <laughs> might, people might forget that you are as rigorous as other performers, and the foundations are just as important for you. You've also taught a master class, so some of the students there express their appreciation for the way you teach. I was talking with Sir Richard, and it's not very common for people to share how to do it when someone asks a uh, teacher maybe it's like okay the color should be like this it's a softer sound but actually every musical problem is a physical technical problem so how to do it mm -hmm. so that's what i learned from i'm very fortunate to have learned from my german professor uh professor Rolf-Dieter Ahrens. he taught me how to do it like what this muscle does what sound does this make I also want to ask a little bit more specifically about the composers because, of course, there are the bastions and the pillars of the repertoire, Schubert, Bach, Brahms, and then there's uh, November. Of course, Shimanovsky and Ligeti, they are important composers, but they're not as familiar to Philippine audiences. So uh, why add Shimanovsky and Ligeti? And maybe tell us a little bit about the December Encore performance as well. Shimanovsky and Ligeti, a little bit of something that people don't usually hear. I'm thinking of a full set, like mm. I'm doing a complete Ligeti set and then Chimanovsky. But the Chimanovsky, I'm doing the preludes. Actually, I'll be rendering some pieces that are not usually played. Even the Chopin program that I've planned is something that's not usually played. The uh, Barcarolle, the fantasy, not the usual ballad. And the December, the encores, I'm doing the pieces that I used to play back when I was young and pieces that my grandma loves. I see your grandmother plays a pretty important part in this. Yes, sir. During the start of the pandemic, you know, I started learning these pieces. Mm. My grandmother, she had a full stroke before the pandemic. So mm. I remember I posted on Facebook that I left Manila for good. I actually wanted to, you know, like just leave everything behind because mm. I am an only child and my dad is alone and he handles all these businesses. I wanted to follow in his footsteps. So I stayed there for about nine to ten months and then you know every weekend i would play for my grandma mm. i would study at least in the middle of the week and then play for my grandma most of these pieces that i'm performing are pieces that i perform for her
pianist Ding Dong Fiel, in the first, third and fifth of Franz Schubert's Sees Moment Musicaux. This year he performs in a series of monthly solo recitals for Manila Piano's Artist Series. Next on the lineup is It's All About Haydn, happening March 11, Saturday, 6 p.m. at Manila Piano's Paseo de Magallanes, Makati City. Of course, Fiel still plays as a collaborating artist. For more information about his performances, visit the Facebook page of Ding Dong Fiel himself or of Manila Piano's Artist Series. That is all for this Maestro Filipino, DZFE's weekly feature for fine music in our locale. Each episode airs Saturday at 12 noon, the following Sunday, 12 midnight, and lastly, the next Thursday at 8 in the evening. Maestro Filipino episodes are uploaded every week on our SoundCloud and Spotify channels. Once more, this is Daniel, and thank you for listening.